Welcome in, welcome in to another edition, another episode of Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValian, and boy, do we have a uh, breaking news headline packed week ahead of us, starting already this week, uh, heading into week nine of the NFL season. Um, you know, you know, number one. Um, when it comes to uh, football, I think the most important thing uh, for me is realizing that these uh, men are all human. And, you know, when it comes to humans and their lives, that's what's most important. That's what we're going to start with here. Uh, if you haven't heard, it's pretty much all over the league that Henry Ruggs, the star, in my opinion, the best wide receiver on the Las Vegas Raiders and uh, I would say emerging star uh, of the Las Vegas Raiders first round draft pick two years ago, uh, two drafts ago, uh, is now no longer with the team after the uh, DUI that resulted in the death of another person uh, early Tuesday morning. Um. Yeah, words can't describe, like, you know, first of all, I think about the the family of the person who lost their life uh, in this accident. Um, it was reported that Ruggs was driving at 3.30 in the morning-ish, uh, approximately. Prosecutors were saying 150 miles an hour in a Corvette, uh, and he ran into the back of a Toyota, and... Um, yeah, I don't want to get too graphic because it's just, you know, the more, you know, when I think about it, it's just, you know, he hit the back of the Toyota and a low Corvette and the Toyota caught on fire and in the collision. So, um, it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's hard to even put in words. It really is. Um, number one, hearts go out to the, the family of the person and I want to keep it that vague, um, family of the person. Uh, who lost their life. I don't really want to go into details about that. I do have details, but I'm not going to get into it. So I'll just keep it vague uh, for respectful purposes. Uh, Hearts going out to the uh, family of the one who lost their life. Um, And I can't imagine, I cannot imagine uh, what that family is going through right now. Um, But the following day, uh, Henry Ruggs is released from the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and rightfully so. Um, all accounts from what I've seen and what I know, uh, Henry Ruggs is a good kid. He's a good kid. But nonetheless, um, therein, therein lies the problem. A 22-year-old kid um, who was uh, reportedly intoxicated, uh, seemed impaired at the time of the accident uh, when uh, the, poli- the officials or authorities uh, found him. Uh, and... Um, yeah, even though you're a good kid, it's just not making smart decisions. Uh, so many ways we could go with this and go into it. Um, but um, number one, not taking advantage of the uh, NFL's uh, driving service, uh, 24-7, 365. Uh, if you are ever anywhere and you're drunk, intoxicated, whatever, the NFL, all you have to do is call a number in the NFL will have someone to come and pick you up. They will drop you off or pick you up. 
take you anywhere. Um, and so why do you not utilize that service? Number two, uh, yeah, Ruggs is on his rookie contract, but he could still very much afford a personal driver. Uh, why not have a personal driver uh, to drive you um, to and from because of you have to think about it. you're an NFL star now. Um, you know, things, you know, whether it be somebody trying to start a fight with you or or someone trying to stalk you or uh, you being intoxicated and trying to drive when you shouldn't. Um, why not have a personal driver just to take care of those things for you, taking you to and from a bodyguard to do this and that for you? I mean, you know, I get again, still on a rookie contract, but it's not like he could not afford some level of uh, security, some level of um, a chauffeur. Um, and then of course he had the free service. Uh, and again, so many different routes that could go with that, uh, and just dig deeper into that. But I will, um, for the most part, let it go. Uh, cause I could, I could literally spend a whole episode on just this. I really could. Um, but again, hearts go out to the family, hearts go out to, um, Henry Ruggs himself, um, not condoning what he did, but just, uh, again, like I, from what I see and what I've, uh, read and learned a good kid that just made a horrible decision. Um, he's reportedly looking at tw- two to 20 years, uh, because of, uh, the death of this other person. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think pretty much the NFL career is over, um, for starting so young and starting so early, um, to bud as a number one overall draft, overall, um, number one, first round draft pick rather, uh, two years ago to going to this. Um, and, uh, I know that his family has to be devastated. Um, cause I'm pretty sure they know he's a good kid as well, but just making poor decisions. Um, you know, I, I really can't give him the young and dumb excuse. I can't give him that. Um, you know, I've heard that growing up throughout my life, the young and dumb excuse. And you say that, you know, we were all young and dumb. You know what? I can't give him that. I understand that he's human. I understand that we all make mistakes. I give, I get that. But you had a choice, an easy choice to let someone else drive for you. You had an easy choice to have a personal driver. Um, and you know, those reasons of wanting to do it yourself, wanting to, uh, be flashy or whatever you think it is, or for whatever reason you decided that you were good enough or, you know, I'm okay. I haven't had too much to drink to drive impaired. Um, just you, you, it's a reason why, you know, as a society, we're, we're supposed to be trying to do better and get better. And now that you have this level of service available to you and you don't take advantage of it, I can't give you the young and dumb excuse. I can give you the young young and dumb excuse if you don't have these options available. I can give you that. But then, you know, you, you have more than one option to protect yourself and protect others and protect your future. And you don't take not even one of them. Not one. You had multiple. You didn't even have to use all the options. You could just use one and you'd have been good. And I'm not a condoning somebody losing their life. But if you just have somebody else driving for you, then you are not at fault. 
If that driver makes the wrong move and makes whatever, it's on that driver. Um, again, not condoning what happened, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go um, because we could go so many ways with this. The most important thing is somebody lost their life. Uh, secondary is the now over, I believe, career of Henry Ruggs, as well as um, prison time, anywhere from two to 20 years. Um, but yeah, hearts go out to his family as well, Ruggs' family, because I know this is devastating for them, uh, if possibly not seeing their son for a very long time, uh, or son or cousin or, or, or brother, uh, you know, all the, all the relative connections. Um, a lot of other um, things going on <laughs> this week. Uh, very interesting, and we're going to get into them uh, as we go through the games. We're getting off to a, hmm, I would have said, I would have said a, a really bad start, because you know how I am about these televised games, the Thursday night, the Sunday night, and Monday night football games, um, and putting bad teams on the docket when you could easily probably switch them out and put a more interesting matchup on and just stick them on somewhere Sunday where the bad matchup on Sunday somewhere where you know, you know, they're only going to be seen regionally at best. But here we go with the Jets at the Colts. Now, because of what happened last year, not last year, <laughs> I'm all over the place, because of what happened this past Sunday um, and the emergence of Mike White, uh, quarterback now for the Jets, leading the Jets and beating the most embarrassing. I'll get to I'll get to I'll get to slam in the Bengals when I get to their their come upcoming matchup. I'll get to that that part. But just for the Jets to uh, uproar and upset the Bengals this past Sunday uh, was it was I would say a very very impressive feat, um, especially seeing as how. Um, you know, what the Bengals did to the Ravens the week before. I, I'm, I'm really shaky on the quote-unquote trap game. I don't really believe that um, as far as a trap game because if you're the caliber of team that you're performing at, like the Bengals, like the Ravens, um, I get that you can have a bad game, but if you are really truly championship caliber, you don't lose to teams like this. And so, again, I'm going to try to stave off and stay away from the Bengals. We're talking about the Jets. So kudos to the Jets for getting the win. Very impressive win uh, uh, against the Bengals this past Sunday. Uh, and so we go on to the Colts on Thursday night. Um, Colts at 3-5, and five, Jets at 2-5. and five. So you would think that just by the records, these two teams are just about evenly matched. Um, I would still give the edge to the Colts. Uh, because of their running game and defense, even though, you know, I mean, three and five is not just solely because of poor quarterback play, but it is a big factor. And again, I've never really been a fan of Carson Wentz, even when he was in Philly, uh, because of the whole injury thing. And yes, he's good. And ever since he's been back from injury, has not been good. It's the reason why you trade him after him being the was number two overall pick in the draft when he was drafted. So, um, and you know, I like I like the energy that the Jets brought against the Bengals, but now it seems like they're facing a lower level team. Um, definitely, the Colts are not as good as the Bengals. So, do the Jets play down to their competition now? 
after that high, you know, coming off that high of beating a very good what what would look was looking like a, a true viable playoff contender in the Bengals. Uh, do they play down to their competition or do they ride that wave? That one's tough. That one's tough because, I mean, the Jets are two and five for a reason. So I can't see this team being uh, winning consistently just yet. I just I can't see it. They're going to have to put together a winning streak uh, before I start believing in them. So for that reason, I would say maybe this will be an exciting game. These two teams, like I said, about the same level. I think that the Colts will still go with running game and defense as their strength. And I think the Jets will go with Mike White in the passing game. Um, I don't see, again, I would give the edge, the defensive edge to the Colts. Um, So I will go with the Colts in this one. But this, I think, might be a surprisingly exciting game. If Mike White can be consistent in his play, uh, I don't think that'll be enough to win. But that'll make the game exciting at the very least. But I'm going to take the Colts in this Thursday night football game. We're getting on to the Sunday games. And next we are going with the Falcons at the Saints on Sunday. I predicted right. I got it right. Kudos to me. Yes, yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. With the Saints beating the Buccaneers uh, last Sunday. Yeah, I, I just I just figured that you know that the, the Saints were gonna get at least one against the Bucks because they were the defense was nowhere near invincible. Uh, you know, I won't go into the whole Super Super Bowl spiel again. Um, but yeah, I got that one right. And, um, you know, I, I really thought it was a fair analysis. You know, this is a competitive league, um, regardless of, you know, how many bad teams there appear to be. It's still a competitive league. Um, this one, I believe the Saints will get the win. Again, I just, I don't trust the Falcons, uh, at all. It seems like you had so many drafts to make your team more balanced, make it better, address needs, and it just, I, I really, I just, for the life of me, I can't understand their draft choices. I just cannot understand their draft choices, especially in the first round. You don't need a tight end right now. You need a better defense. You could have picked so many other positions, and you chose a tight end. I can't, I, I just can't trust a team like that. And that's, th- that, that's up top. That's management. So if management is making those types of types of decisions. It I think it's just going to trickle down to bad decision making, poor coaching, and then on top of that, you got an inconsistent quarterback who is good at times and bad at times, and who else on that team? Now that Julio Jones is gone, it makes you think, oh, because this guy is playing, I am for sure that this definitely increases this team's chances to win. I don't know of anybody like that on the Falcons. At all. You know Ty Gurley's not what he was. You know Matt Ryan's inconsistent. How can you trust that team? Picking the Saints over the Falcons. Surprise, the Falcons have three wins, but there are bad teams, uh, other bad teams. So picking the Saints over the Falcons in that one. Uh, Next, we go with the Broncos and the Cowboys. Um, I'm really impressed with the Cowboys. I definitely think they're going to keep riding high. I don't think at this moment, as long as they stay consistent, I get that people, uh, you know, teams are going to have bad games. You know, they're human. I don't believe, like I said a little while ago, I don't really believe in trap games. Um, And I do do think that Denver uh, will bring the fight. Um, But they are one man down. (laughs) And that being because of Von Miller 
uh, being traded to the Rams. Yes, you heard it right. Von Miller earlier this week was traded to the Rams. Um, at the very least, veteran leadership. You can tell what the Rams are doing. They're going all in. I think they understand how short uh, a Super Bowl winning window is, especially when you know that you're a contender. And so I think their chips are in all in right now as much as they can be to try to win a title um, before guys start getting greedy with money and wanting out and wanting to go elsewhere and not be about chasing rings, but about chasing that big fat contract. So I think the Rams are trying to go all in as best they can, which is why Denver is no longer with their uh, has their uh, star linebacker slash defensive end. Um you could argue that because, you know, Von Miller's injury history uh, maybe just wasn't worth it uh, for the Broncos. But it um, it has always been of the uh, smarter uh, GMs and owners and whatnot when it comes to a star player who is not playing as good as they used to, to get rid of them earlier or sooner than later uh, while they still have trade value. Because uh, as you can see, um, what's going on in the headlines with another guy in Cleveland right now, if you wait too long, it's a problem. <laughs> but we'll get to that. So definitely picking the Cowboys over the Broncos, even though I don't, you know, I just I don't believe Dallas is going to win every single game and go 15, was it 16 and one now? Um, but I just don't see it in this game. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is not as good as I thought he was going to be. I think a lot of that has to do with the concussion that he received against uh, the Ravens that week. Um, remember, this is not that was not his first concussion. Uh, you know, he's on NFL highlights for a reason, and I don't like that the, the fact that that happened. But um, you know, this is not his first concussion, and to me, he was playing solid before the concussion and since the concussion. Uh, it's been shaky at best. Uh, he's still better than Drew Locke, but I don't know. With uh, John Elway's decision-making, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So uh, with that inconsistency at quarterback, offense still kind of shaky at best. A couple injuries here, a couple injuries there. No Von Miller. I can't pick the Broncos, so I'm picking the Cowboys. Uh, they're a better team top to bottom. Next, we have uh, the Patriots going up against the Carolina Panthers. What do you know? After what has it only been what three weeks? After about three weeks, um, Stephon Gilmore is playing his old team. Stephon Gilmore traded from the Patriots uh, to the Panthers, and because of his quad injury, um, you know, you know that the Patriots are going to do just what I just said. You know, when a player is not playing as good as they once were. Um, whether it be because of off-the-field issues or because of injury, they're going to trade him sooner than later. And that's what they did. Now Stefan faces his old team on, I would say, a good defense. And because uh, this Patriots offense um, is not is not up to par, you know, I think they figured that all these weapons um, that would mask Mac Jones not, you know, playing as well as everybody had hoped and just going through his rookie growing pains. Um, you know, I think, again, I think Sam Darnold has a better team around him. Yes, both teams are at 4-4, four and four, um, but it's hard for me to pick the Patriots right now. It's just hard for me to pick the Patriots right now. Their defense, albeit good, is not what they once were. And since neither is the offense, I think that the Panthers um, were a little bit more hungrier. 
They're at home. Uh, I think I will give an edge, just an edge, to the Panthers in this one. Next, we have the uh, Vikings at the Ravens. I think that the Ravens, coming off of a bye week, will get back in the win column. I just don't see it with um, the Vikings again. Uh, even if Dalvin Cook does play, and literally it's like that week to week, you don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to play. You just don't. I don't care. Don't trust any reports. None. Fantasy owners, I, I was done with him. That it's, it was, <laughs> I was done with him four years ago. When he was supposed to play, he was the number one pick in fantasy football, and he gets hurt first game of the season. Done. And I was done. Fantasy football. Ugh. But I can't trust him week to week. I don't care what reports are. And we're talking Thursday morning right now. So we don't know what can happen between now and Sunday. I cannot trust if Dalvin Cook is going to play week to week. And neither should you. And if they don't have him. And if they, I mean, you, you see that, yes, the Cowboys beat the Vikings Sunday night football by a low scoring ball game, but if Dalvin Cook was there, the Vikings, uh, Dalvin Cook was at 100%, uh, 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 the Vikings would have, I think, possibly won that game. But even if Dalvin Cook is playing, I don't trust him to be 100%. And if he's, and week to week, you don't know if he's actually going to play. So if he's the star, he's the best player on the team. It's not Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is average at best. And you've got Jefferson as a good emerging wide receiver. And you've got a, some, you know, a middle, I would say, middle-of-the-road defense. I can't pick a team against a better team when it comes to when you have all these question marks on offense, defense. Ravens don't really have that many question marks. Solid running game, even though they're run, even though they lost running backs before the season started. Lamar Jackson, I trust him more. Then I trust Kirk Cousins, and I trust that Ravens defense hands down any day of the week over that Vikings defense in terms of their performance. Picking the Ravens over the Vikings. We're going to pause right there, and we're going to get back to it on the other side of this break. Uh, Definitely got a couple more uh, issues to talk about along with these games, and we're going to get to those things immediately after this break after we hear from our sponsor again this is the Valiant with scout team sports be back in a minute scout team sports and we're back in and on the other side in this episode covering the 2021 nfl season and we're talking about week nine and all the hurdles that are coming with it um breaking news but not really surprising news in this one uh, wide receiver Michael Thomas of the Saints will miss the rest of the season uh, due to injury. I mean, he hasn't played, you know, anyway. So, I mean, you know, this is not, um, this really isn't a, a big, not a, not that it's not a big deal. It's a big deal for the Saints. Um, but, I mean, the Saints are doing good without him, number one. And two, you know, if he hasn't played, you know, and he's, all of a sudden going to miss the rest of the season. It's like, well, you're not really surprising anybody. You know, he wasn't healthy before the season started. He wasn't healthy to start the season. Uh, so, yeah, he's just, he's he's done. Um, I think there's more to it 
understand an ankle injury. I really do. I'm not saying that an ankle injury isn't serious, but I think there's more to it for him to be out for this long. I think there's something that the Saints are not disclosing. Nonetheless, we're moving on, and I'm pretty sure the Saints are moving on. They're still doing good, still um, at this point a playoff contender, very much so. But we get to more uh, news, if you will. Uh, the Cleveland Browns at Cincinnati Bengals, first of all, will go with the rivalry, which I believe this is going to be a good one. Uh, the Browns at 4-4 four and four against the Bengals at 5-3. and three. Um, So this whole AFC North uh, battle, I think, is going to be very interesting, minus the Steelers. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this game to see what these two teams are going to throw at each other. Um, the Bengals, now let's get to it, should not have lost to the Jets, even with this emergence of Mike White. They should not have lost. And I don't believe in this whole trap game uh, thing. I mean, they just clearly just dropped the ball. Clearly just dropped the ball. Uh, and it's just, it's hard for me to think of them as playoff contenders consistently. I'll think of them as playoff contenders, you know, when they win and they're very impressive. But if I'm not thinking of you as a playoff contender consistently, and I said this before in the last week's predictions and analysis, I said the Bengals should win. They need to win this game. Why? Because this is a game you're supposed to win. The championship contending teams, they might struggle and they might fight and they may win. They may lose against the tough teams, but they for sure beat the weaker teams. That's the sign of a true championship contender. It's not just getting the hard-fought battles and the hard-fought wins against the other tough and very competitive teams. It's slamming the door in the face of those much, much less competitive teams and not allowing them to rise up and upset you. You can't take upsets if you're a championship contender. You just can't. Not in the regular season, not in the NFL. To me, that shows a lot of kinks in the armor that you were able to mask uh, because everybody saw you beat a top contender. And so now everybody's riding on this high about uh, the Bengals uh, the day after they beat the Ravens blew out the Ravens, and now all of a sudden you lay this egg. Uh-uh. So, this one is a tough toss-up. But I will also get to the other issue, uh, that being that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, was not traded. Not traded. Um, and uh, as of uh, today, he was excused from practice. So, uh, take that for what it's worth. All these talks about he was going to be traded. He should have been traded. Why isn't he traded? I, You know that he never, number one, that he never wanted to be there in the first place. Because when the whole thing was going, let's go back to when he was with the Giants. The whole thing was he opened his mouth. And I think if it was somebody else that looked like somebody else opened their mouth, I think, you know, things would have been different in terms of who got moved. But he said something. And a trade had to be made, and they, the Giants, went with keeping Eli Manning, uh, who was on his way out anyway, about to retire, keeping Eli Manning and shipping Odell Beckham Jr. off away from the place that he wanted to stay at, which was New York. And he gets to the Browns, and yes, you know, he had injury history uh, uh, while he was a Giant 
Um, but now it's just even more injury uh, issues, more injury time, multiple injuries since he's been with Cleveland. And on top of that, you know, he doesn't want to be there. Yes, they got a good quarterback. Not great, but good uh, in Baker Mayfield. I think he's good. He's not great at all. He's good. <laughs> I'm being nice. I'm being real nice today. I am. Yes, I am. Um, but it's just not working. When Odell's in, then Baker wants to force feed him the football. But you saw last year, once Odell got hurt and was out for the season to the knee injury last season, all of us opened a running game, the passing game. Everybody was getting the ball. Uh, and the Browns made an impressive, I would say, especially for their history, their team history, made an imp- an impressive playoff run, should have went to the AFC Championship game. There was no excuse for losing that game, that divisional round game, to the Kansas City Chiefs with their backup quarterback playing. No excuse. They had the game. They had the game on multiple occasions. They had it. And they let, and they let the Chiefs back in it. I, I'm just... Yeah, so, and we're thinking, okay, next year you got to build off of that. Uh, well, if the offense is stunted because uh, they have their running game or their running backs are getting depleted, injured, dealing with injuries, uh, and then on top of that you have Baker who's sometimes good but sometimes shaky, and then he, you know, once if uh, Odell is in the game, he's force-feeding him the ball and it's just not working out. What are you doing to your possible championship hopes? What are you doing to your possible playoff run? And again, the smart thing is, or at least most owners, now I can't say all owners because they all don't make the right decision, uh, but I would think most owners, most management, again, the notion is with a good player who's not as good as he once was, in order to get some type of value for him, you have to trade him sooner rather than later. Odell should not have even been a Cleveland Brown to start this season. If they would have tried to move him uh, in the offseason for a decent bargain, they would have gotten some in return, and they would have something better, I would think, for them. Not necessarily better than Odell, but something better for them. It's not uh, about who's better than Odell or Odell's better than who. It's who's a good fit for who. That's what it comes down to. Odell is not a good fit for Cleveland. He doesn't want to be in Cleveland. He doesn't fit into their scheme in terms of how much he wants the ball versus how much the quarterback wants to give him the ball or should give him the ball. That's not going to work in Cleveland. They're a run-first offense. That's their strength. So Odell is not going to get what he wants just by the sheer uh, number of passing plays, let alone uh, targets. So that's just not the place for him. But yet you wait and all of a sudden at the last minute you want to trade him and nobody wants him. That's your fault. That's Cleveland's fault. And now they're saying instead of just cutting him, now they're just going to keep him on the team. It's like when the Bengals are keeping Carson Palmer that whole time. It's like, what are y'all doing to yourselves? I mean, what is it with these owners that think that all of a sudden, oh, they're going to teach this guy a lesson? Really? You would rather focus on teaching a one player who you think is selfish and you think should probably just shut up and play. I know that's their I know that's the management's attitude. 
they would probably rather just believe that he should just shut up and play versus getting rid of him. And this is nothing against Odell. I'm talking about Cleveland. This is about them. This is about the decisions that they're making. I don't know why you thought he was going to be happy playing there in the first place. I don't know why you decided to trade for him. But now you got him. You realize it wasn't working. And now you won't get rid of him. Or you try to get rid of him and wait till it's too late. And even when you probably had trade offers at the last minute, you I, I, I just I can see it. I can see it. You know the Browns tried to get more than what than what most people, most other teams, or maybe probably every single team that was in trade talks with them wanted to give up. You could have got what you wanted if you had traded them a year ago. You probably could have got what you wanted if you you'd have traded them before this season started. But now you wait to the deadline and you see all these in you know this injury history and all this stuff. Like other teams are thinking, okay, Odell's a star, and there are other teams who will take on big personalities. They will take on a star, even if he has injury issues. But when all this stuff piles up and they see how things are going, where he is, you the longer you wait, it's not good when you're trying to make a trade. The longer you wait, it's not good. You wait to the last minute. Now you've got to take whatever you can get. And then by that time, everybody's like, I'm done with this. I'm out. I'm gone. So now he's excused from practice. And yeah, <laughs> now what? What are we talking here? So with both teams being kind of scrambled in the brain, Bengals losing to the Jets, having a rebound from that, I think they're very anxious to get back in the win column. Cleveland, I, I don't know where their head's at. I know that defense is going to come to play. Um, and the thing is, when it comes to the Bengals' offense and the Browns' defense, I know that's going to be a tug-of-war. I think the real thing is going to come down to, or the real uh, determination of who's going to win this football game is the Browns' offense versus the Bengals' defense. Right now, i got to give it to the Bengals' defense. I would normally give it hands down to the Browns' offense, but the running game is not 100%. Even when you come back from a football injury, Especially even though they expect these pro athletes to be ready to go or much or recover much quicker uh, than the average person, it's still you still not a hundred percent that first game you get back, and that's probably most likely your greatest risk for re-injury. So I really can't trust it uh, with the Browns' offense and a non-hundred percent Baker Mayfield, a non-hundred percent Nick Chubb, a non-hundred percent a Kareem Hunt. And then the issue with Odell Beckham. And the only good thing you got going in that offense is Jarvis Landry. That doesn't give me confidence at all. So I'm picking the Bengals, even though I think this will be a hard-fought battle. I'm picking the Bengals slightly over the Browns. Bengals over Browns. Next, we have um, a bye week for the Buffalo Bills. Once again, um, when they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, how is it, how is it these really good teams is, boy, they just get them served up. I mean, hey, you can't, you know, you don't make the schedule as a player. You got to face who's in front of you. I get it. That's fine. Bills should win this one hands down. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, as as tough as a time as he's had, I'm curious to see how Trevor Lawrence handles this, uh, good defense. Uh, because there's bad, bad defenses he's going to go against. 
and his team still isn't that good. And then there's a good defense that he's going to go against is going to have a much harder time. Uh, curious to see how he does. Would be interested to take a look, take a look, take a glimpse. But I'm not really that interested in this game in that sense of, oh, is it, you know, is the suspense? Who's going to win? Um, again, this is the same thing with the Bengals and the Jets. Uh, Buffalo, you better win this game. Because the mark of a champion, the mark of a championship contender is not just winning the tough battles, not just winning the teams that everybody else knows is good, but beating and stomping a mud hole in those teams that are bad. You should be blowing this team out by the third quarter and have all your starters or at least half your starters resting in the fourth quarter. That's how it should go. Do what you got to do. Do what you're supposed to do, Buffalo Bills. Let's make it happen. Bills over the Jaguars. Next, we have, wow, again, I got to go back to it, Texans at Dolphins. I did not see the Dolphins being this bad, especially after last year. I get, you know, you can never truly tell um, with one offseason and whatnot, but man. And, and, And the fact that these two teams are going against each other. And then on top of that, you tack on the whole Deshaun Watson trade. It seemed like it was going to go through. Now it seems like it's not going to go through. And now these two teams are facing each other. It's so weird. It's so weird. It really is weird. Uh, yeah, I, I this is weird. Uh, but I, I, how do you pick a team in this regard? How do you pick a team? How do you pick a horrible team to beat another horrible team? There's no way to predict that. It's hard to predict these games, and it is like two of the top contenders, two of the best teams in the league because you know and you can see what their strengths are as well as their weaknesses. When you see two teams with just all weaknesses, how are you supposed to pick? <laughs> Flip a coin. Always works. Always works in these uh, in these scenarios. I'm going to pick the Dolphins just because I like Dolphins. How about that? (laughs) Jacoby Brissett should be the quarterback. If you saw that Raiders game, they played with more heart in that game than I've seen uh, a team play with at all. That team played with at all with Tua. That that was like, to me, Jacoby Brissett should be the starting quarterback. They want to go with this controversy. Tua, Jacoby, Deshaun, on and on. Just uh, throw it away. I'll pick the Dolphins because they're at home. How about that? Moving on. Next, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, and we talked about them earlier. Uh, going all the way across the country to face the 2-6 and six Giants. The Raiders, uh, despite their losses uh, with Gruden and now with Ruggs, are still a better team than the Giants. I, you know, I understand the whole, uh, what people think is a trap game, uh, but I don't, again, I don't believe in the word trap uh, a lot of times. Uh, the only time I believed in that was uh, that alien from Star Wars when he said, it's a trap. Other than that, I, I, you know, I'm good. Uh, the trap thing is, yeah, eh. But the Raiders are still a better team top to bottom. Um, and then, although this will be a blow with rugs, and this is the second blow that they've had to deal with, you would have thought it would have been really, really rough against the Broncos after losing John Gruden and the Raiders come out and play exceptionally well. Um, I think this is a team, again, um, I'm still shaky on the Raiders whether I could say they're that 
true championship contender. But again, this will tell this is part of telling the tale. They're five and two, Giants are two and six, they're a better team top to bottom. You beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You beat the teams that are much worse than you. You do not let them trap you. You do not let them catch you off guard. If you're a true championship contender, if the Raiders lose this game, I know they're not for real. You can't just win the tough games. You have to stomp a mud hole in the bad teams too. You cannot understand how much, if you don't know football, you don't know understand how much of a cushion it is to have to, to get to face these really bad teams. Again, like the Bills facing the Jaguars, it's almost like another bye week. Yeah, they got to go out there and play. Yeah, they got to still make sure that it happens. But when it comes playoff time and playoff seeding time, these extra wins that are really easy really do help you when it comes to making the playoffs, seeding in the playoffs. Had you not won these games, had you not taken these games seriously, you are regretting it because now you're on the outside looking in, trying to get into the playoffs on the bubble and you can't make it, and you need other teams to lose so that you can get in. So um, I'm going to pick the Raiders again, even though they're dealing with another devastating blow and losing rugs. Um, but I would have thought that they would have been on their high horse trying to get somebody before the trade deadline as well, because now all they have is uh, Brian, to me, Brian Edwards is now the best a wide receiver they have, followed by Hunter Renfro and Zay Jones. Other than that, it's like, you know, and I get that they're going to, you know, uh, be depending a lot on uh, Darren Waller when he gets back, and he's really a receiver playing tight end, but still, you need more depth at wide receiver. So why would you not make a trade? You need more depth at wide receiver with losing rugs. You should have been on a high horse trying to get somebody, somebody, just to have depth. Just to have depth, you just should have been on the high horse trying to get somebody. Media buzzing, so what? You can't, I mean, you deal with this blow and it's like, you don't do anything about it. I don't get it. Um, And I think that may plague and may hurt the Raiders down the line. But for right now, I'm going to pick them over the Giants. Next, we have Chargers at Eagles. I think the Chargers get back on track here. I think they get the win because I just don't see it when it comes to, um, I just don't see it when it comes to Philly. Um, I right now not against the Chargers. I think the Chargers are just a better team, uh, top to bottom. I again I like Jalen Hurts, but when you look at what the Eagles do well versus what the Chargers do well, the Chargers are more consistent on offense and defense. I know what I said earlier on in the season about the Chargers D. But I think they're a more balanced team than the Eagles are, okay? Because if Jalen Hurts is not able to use his legs as a dual-threat quarterback, then I think the Eagles' offense is pretty limited. And I just think, again, Chargers are better top to bottom. Picking the Chargers over the Eagles. Next, we have Green Bay at Kansas City. And, oh, boy, here we go with another one, with another doozy. Another doozy here. We have Packers at Chiefs, and you're thinking, okay, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, the duel. Boy, it's going to be exciting. And no. No cookie for you. 
Not the entertainment you thought it was going to be. But nonetheless, I like what's happened. Why? Aaron Rodgers, unvaccinated, tested positive for COVID-19. So, according to the COVID protocols, he's out for this game against the Chiefs. Now, there is this uh, speculation with the NFL investigating the Packers' COVID protocol because if you have your immune system at a certain level, then that's supposed to suffice, according to NFL rules, supposed to suffice for not needing uh, to have the vaccine per NFL rules. Now, all of a sudden, he gets COVID and he's automatically out. Well, there's this thing where he's, you know, to a certain extent, he's not supposed to be automatically out, but then he is automatically out. Um, and I think the main thing is because he is not vaccinated, they're just going to say, ah, you're done. We don't even care about your your immune system and, you know, and, and the boost that you have, the, you know, and the, the treatment that you've gotten from your personal doctor and whatnot. We don't care. Uh, we don't like the fact that you're outspoken either, so we're going to punish you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's out. And so... Thus begins the era, <laughs> the era, if you will, of Jordan Love, J-Love, if you will, going up against Pat Mahomes. Now, why do I say I like this? Do I like this for Packers fans? No. Feel for you. You want your star quarterback in there. But do I like this for the Packers as an organization? Absolutely. This is what you get. This is what you wanted. And it's not the time that you wanted it. But that ought to teach you a lesson. You can't control everything you think you can control. So the fact that you drafted Jordan Love in the first round of one of your drafts and you've never, ever, ever, ever since Rodgers has been the quarterback, gotten him a number one draft pick wide receiver, never gotten him the weapon, the type of weapon that he wants in the first round, this serves you right. And let's see what Jordan Love has. Maybe this will be the start of the exit for Aaron Rodgers. Because there's all this controversy about whether or not he was going to get traded. Uh, he doesn't want to be there. He's a Packer for life. No, he's not. So he stays with the Packers. He sticks it out. He's going to tough it out. And he tests positive COVID, and now he's gone. And this is definitely not what you want in terms of timing. Eventually, Jordan Love was going to be the starter, but this is not how you wanted him to start, and definitely not against one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So, but again, this is what you get, because you didn't give Rodgers what he wanted. If you wanted to keep him and you claim to uh, show that you want him by surrounding him with good talent, and you never got him, got him the one thing that he wanted in any draft, this serves you right. You're not going to get to start Jordan Love when you want to, but you are going to get to start him. And we're going to see what he's made of. And to be, to be honest, I mean, he has he doesn't have the hardest defense to go up against. He's going to have to go up against another good quarterback on the other side of the football, on the other team. But, of course, it's going to be more about him performing when he's in versus Pat Mahomes performing when he's in in the time of possession. So if he is able to play well, manage the game well, Packers can take a lot of time off the clock. That puts 
Pat Mahomes in a tougher position. Not that Pat can't handle it. But that's the best scenario for Jordan Love. But if they get behind early, even as bad as that Kansas City defense is, I don't I, I don't know anything about Jordan Love other than preseason tape. And I'm not going to trust him yet. Now, maybe he'll show off and show out against this uh, average at best, if not, I would say definitely less than average, uh, Chiefs defense. But just all of a sudden, when halfway through the week practicing, you learn that you're starting? No. No, I don't see it. So, normally I would pick the Packers, but I can't do it this time. i got to pick the Chiefs at home against the Packers because Aaron Rodgers will not be playing. But again... Serves the Packers right. Let Aaron Rodgers go. Free Aaron Rodgers. We need to free OBJ. We need to free Aaron Rodgers as well. Let him go somewhere where he wants to go. Let him go somewhere where he thinks he'll be appreciated or you at least trade him somewhere. He He's won you a Super Bowl. At least give him that. At least give him that. Don't go with this, oh, I own everything and I'm the employer and you work for me and all this other nonsense you won't act like that fine you ain't gonna never win another championship so i'm gonna pick the Chiefs here again over the packers next we have arizona cardinals against the niners i picked arizona and they lost but hey still a good team still one of those teams that i expect to be in the playoffs and contending for a championship because Top to bottom, they are one of the best teams in the league, even though they lost to the other 7-1 team, the Packers, uh, uh, in their previous game. Uh, but going up against the Niners, again, I, I, you know, the quarterback controversy, whether it be because of injury or just because of how Shanahan's feeling on a Wednesday, I don't know. I, I, I can't go with inconsistency. I can't trust inconsistency. The Niners' defense is not nearly what it was built up or hyped up to be before the uh, beginning of the season. It was hyped up because they were like, oh, they've got all their starters back. They got all these players back that were injured and, you know, from the, you know, from two years ago when they, uh, won the Super, I mean, not won the Super, got to the Super Bowl and they're thinking, you know, they're thinking, oh, the year after that, they were injury. They had the injury bug. Uh, Richard Sherman's gone and amongst other things. And now it's like, okay, they're going to get everybody back. It still hasn't worked out. So, and then with the, again, with the quarterback controversy with the Niners, I don't trust them. And it shows why, you know, of course, you know, every team's going to be bad teams. One of their wins is against the Lions. So if you take away the Lions win, they only have two wins on the season. But everybody's beating the Lions. So I'm not going to give them credit for that. Just not. Got to pick the Cardinals here over the Niners in this one. Next, we have a battle. Boy, now this is a good one. This is Sunday night football worthy. Tennessee Titans is 6-2 going against the L.A. Rams. I don't know how soon Von Miller will be ready, uh, but I think it would be nice. I think they would enjoy it. The Rams would if he was there to uh, cause a little bit of attention uh, for Derrick Henry. Uh, because stopping Derrick Henry, you need all the help you can get. You definitely need all the help you can get. And if uh, Von Miller's were willing to put his body on the line to help you out, I say go for it. Um, but man, this is this is tough. This is tough to pick. Um, again, 
Derrick Henry going up against that D-line with led by Aaron Donald, if Von Miller's ready, and that secondary uh, trying to handle uh, A.G. Brown and Julio Jones. It's going to be a handful. It's definitely going to be a handful. But I think it really comes down to quarterback play. I can't pick Ryan, even with the, even with the weapons he has. And, and Derrick Henry you know, taking a lot of pressure off of him that normally would be on him. I cannot pick him. I cannot pick Tannehill over Matthew Stafford. Now, true, the Rams don't have the type of running game that the Titans do. But they have a passing game. They can run the football somewhat. And that defense of the Rams is going to be going back and forth, hard-hitting all day with that Titans offense, especially in the running game, trying to stop Derrick Henry and trying to stop the passing game uh, with their good secondary. So, because I think the Rams' offense will have an easier, not easy, but easier time against the Titans' defense, then vice versa, I'm picking the Rams here. The Rams' D and the Titans' offense are going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I think the Rams' offense will be dominant over the Titans' defense, at least for two possessions, giving them the nod, giving them the go-ahead, and securing possibly a one touchdown to a 10-point lead. That's what I see here. But I think, uh, nonetheless, a very exciting game for Sunday Night Football, but I'm picking the Rams over the Titans. And then you get to Monday Night Football, and you think, boy, after that Sunday night game, woo! I'm ready for another one. <sighs> Bears at Steelers. I told you. I told you. I told you. What did I tell you? Somebody, whoever's in charge of this, whoever's in charge of scheduling, needs to be reprimanded. <laughs> Who they put on. How did you think this was going to be? Okay. Not just, I'm done. So we got Bears and we got Steelers. We got Ricky Justin Fields and we have the Steelers led by Ben Roethlisberger. I really do hope the Bears win because I like Justin Fields. That's my hope. That's my hope. And I'm going to go with the hope. Going with Bears. Going with Bears getting the road win. The road win here. If you think about it, again, who's going to have a harder time facing who? At this point, yes, I would pick the Steelers' offense as a better offense than the Bears. But they're going up against a Bears defense. And even though the Steelers' defense is good as well, with Justin Fields, I, I cannot trust Ben Roethlisberger and company. I, 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 I want to when it comes to just the sheer analysis and predictions. But the old, they're old, the way he plays... He, I mean, Roethlisberger is liable to throw like five or six picks in this game. It's that bad. Now, Justin Fields, I think, you know, he could possibly throw two, maybe even three if he's having a bad game. But at that point, I think they yank him, they pull him out, they put somebody else in. Or at the at the, at the the very least, he just gets conservative and they try to make him uh, just tame his mistakes. And he just, you know, they run the crap out of the football. And again, two good defenses here. Possibly, probably more than likely a low-scoring game. But I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the Bears to get a knockdown, drag-out fight, a low-scoring win 
over the Steelers on the road in Monday Night Football just because I cannot trust that Steelers offense. And I think it's going to do the Steelers defense in. They're going to be put in short field situations. That's not fair to them. And I think the Bears edge out a win. There's going to be a lot of drives, I think, in this game where nobody's scoring. But I think the Bears will edge out a win. That will conclude it. This week nine tossed and turned ups and downs, highs and lows. My goodness, for one week. And we are we not even to Sunday yet. A lot of stuff going on here. But once again, as I say, believe until you stop breathing. This is Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValley, and I appreciate all my subscribers. Please continue to listen, share, and subscribe. Again, I do the live show with ColorCast on Friday nights at 8.30 Pacific time uh, that I'm doing as a partnership with them. Uh, If you want this show live or if you prefer to listen on Friday nights, uh, this could be your last time listening on Wednesday night slash Thursday morning slash whenever other time uh, that you listen to this podcast and you prefer another time or you prefer to just hear me live um, with slightly different and slightly altered uh, thoughts and perceptions about this coming uh, week uh, in football, weekend in football. And also what you get with the ColorCast live episode is a recap of the Thursday night football game because, of course, at that point, Friday night, Thursday night football game is passed. So I give a short recap and analysis of that game. So you can catch that again, 8.30 on Friday night, Pacific time. Um, for the next eight weeks, I will be with ColorCast. So I appreciate that opportunity with them. But again, I am DeValiant with Scout Team Sports. Appreciate you all. Uh, you can be listening to anything else. I appreciate the support. I appreciate... Uh, the uh, constructive criticism, and I appreciate those who are trying to help me grow. You know who you are. Again, until next time, believe until you stop breathing. This is Devalue with Scout Team Sports. We'll see you in the next episode.